And if you'll open your Bibles with me to Genesis 24, we've been in this chapter, this is our third week. Um, today we're going to cover 29 through 51, and then there's going to be one more week in 24. It really is a rich chapter though. As you remember, Abraham has given his servant specific instruction, and the servant has gone out now and traveled a great distance to go find a bride for Isaac. This morning, uh, he uh, has met the bride already, or so he hopes. She's gone home to tell her family, and they've come out to hear. And so, what we see here is not so much different than what we're hoping to do with Christianity Explore. We've seen identity, mission, and call. That's the, the title of the sermon. These are the tenets of Christianity Explored. And I marvel at God's timing in chapter 24 as we approach and come closer and closer to the, the evangelism that we've been training for and praying for and hope to execute, that He brings us to such a chapter as we see the servant go out with a message and to call a bride. It's exactly what's happening, not only uh, in 24, but in the life of this church. The servant gets to share the good news of the gospel to this family. Let's pray as we approach God's word. Lord, your word is perfect without error. It teaches us who you are and who you are towards your people, Lord. And we thank you because of your son, Jesus Christ, uh, you to us are a father. You have reconciled us. You have brought us in to your family, the very family of Abraham that these dear promises were made to. We thank you, God, for your word that tells us what you're doing, where we're going. And we thank you for the power of this word, that it creates life. The same life that was created at creation, uh, your word going out in our midst creates spiritual life, raises us from the dead, and gives us a joy in this life now as we wait for your coming again, Jesus. And so we pray that the spirit that you have poured out on the church in this hour would give power to the word as it's preached and read, and that you would open up our ears as hearers, that we might receive it with joy, transform us into the likeness of Christ Jesus. It's in His name we pray. Amen. Uh, so, verse 29, if you don't have your Bibles with you, you can turn to the back of your order of worship. Rebekah had a brother whose name was Laban. And Laban ran out toward the man to the spring. As soon as he saw the ring and the bracelets on his sister's arms and heard the words of Rebekah, his sister, thus the man spoke to me, he went to the man. And behold, he was standing by the camels at the spring, and he said, Come in, O blessed of the Lord, why do you stand outside? For I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. So the man came to the house and unharnessed the camels and gave straw and fodder to the camels. And there was water to wash his feet and the feet of the men who were with him. Then food was set before him to eat, but he said, I will not eat until I have said what I have to say. He said, Speak on. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has greatly blessed my master, and he has become great. He's given him flocks and herds, silver and gold, male servants and female servants, camels and donkeys. And Sarah, 
My master's wife bore a son to my master when she was old, and to him he has given all that he has. My master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I dwell, but you shall go to my father's house and to my clan and take a wife for my son. I said to my master, Perhaps the woman will not follow me. But he said to me, The Lord, before whom I have walked, will send his angel with you and prosper your way. You shall take a wife for my son from my clan and from my father's house. Then you will be free from my oath when you come to my clan. And if they will not give her to you, you will be free from my oath. I came today to the spring and said, O Lord, the God of my master Abraham, if now you are prospering the way that I go, behold, I'm standing by the spring of water. Let the virgin who comes out to draw water to whom I shall say, please give me a little water from your jar to drink. And who will say to me, drink, and I will draw for your camels also. Let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, behold, Rebekah came out with her water jar on her shoulder, and she went down to the spring and drew water. I said to her, please let me drink. And she quickly let down her jar from her shoulder and said, drink, and I will give your camels drink also. So I drank, and she gave the camels drink also. Then I asked her, whose daughter are you? And she said, the daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bore to him. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her arms. Then I bowed my head and worshiped the Lord and blessed the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who led me by the right way to take the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Now then, if you're going to show steadfast love and faithfulness to my master, tell me. And if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing has come from the Lord. We cannot speak to you bad or good. Behold, Rebekah is before you. Take her and go and let her be the wife of your master's son as the Lord has spoken. This is God's word for us this morning. Amen? Amen. Uh, We're going to uh, look at three things. The servant uh, here gives, this is the second time we've heard this in in, in totality. why the repeat? The Lord has given the servant a great message, and, and the servant is giving a description of God's redemptive plan. It's good for us to hear that over and over again. Redemptive plan. That is the gospel that is set before us this morning. So we're going to examine three things. One, be receptive and inviting to the gospel. Be receptive and inviting to the gospel. Two, an urgency to share the message. An urgency to share the message. And three, a call to believe and respond. First, be receptive and inviting to the gospel. The servant uh, comes after long travel to the climax, what he's been hoping for and waiting for over those 450 miles or so that he has traveled. And the message that he was sent with, it's seared in his his heart and his mind, and he's burning to share it. You get that sense in this passage with the one. He's been praying for it, waiting for it, the one who would be called the bride. And he was sent with the implements of that journey that would impress upon all who saw 
him that his master was indeed a great man and that he carried great authority. The camels, only the wealthy had that. The gold and treasure were a signal of the blessing and the wealth that had fallen on Abraham from God. But the servant has a much greater authority as he comes to this well. He bears with him the very word of God. We've already talked about this morning, uh, this word and, and the power that it carries. Ultimate authority. And as he goes and he speaks to Laban and the family, he carries with him this word that, that, that carries uh, the gospel. And this is a matter of life and death. For it has the power to condemn those who reject it and to raise those, to create life for those who receive it. As an ambassador for Abraham, he comes, but ultimately, he comes as an ambassador for God and his mission. And he didn't just come in this passage for a mere proposal uh, uh, to someone to marry Isaac. But he comes with something much deeper and much richer. It was a call to join flesh and blood in marriage to the spiritual promises of God. To be wed into the family of God in which he empties his cup of blessing and pours life into those who believe in him. And he desires most an audience with those who will be receptive and inviting towards the gospel. He looks for those who will say, like Laban does, come in. My heart is ready to hear what you have to say. And every sermon that is labored over in the study of a gospel minister or in the prayer corner of a faithful Christian who knows and loves Christ should desire to have someone to tell of this good news of what God is doing. After all, it's why you are still here. Last week we saw that the servant was prepared for such an encounter, and now we see how the hearer should be prepared to receive it. There's been a lot of running in our passage so far. Uh, the servant ran uh, to approach Rebecca. Might have been a little bit startling, but once Rebecca heard what the man had to tell her, Rebecca runs back to her tent to tell her family. And then Laban, it says, comes running out to, to see this man for himself. Who is this that's come with gold and camels and has said this uh, to my sister? He wants to hear. It reminds me, of how Peter, he hears of the empty tomb and he goes running to it, does he not? Or how the sinner runs to Christ when he hears what Christ offers to those who are detached from relationship with the Father. Reminds me of the, the Father who runs to see the prodigal son when he returns how do you come to hear the gospel preached on Sunday morning? Now, I'm sorry for those who are at home. I know that you would desire to be with us, but uh, it wouldn't have been safe for you to run here nor to drive here. But how do we come to the Lord's presence 
Remembering that when we hear the word preached and read, we are hearing the very voice of God. Not my voice. God's voice. Do you come reluctantly? Children, when your parents wake you up in the morning to come worship God, do you fight them? Do you resist it? I don't want to go. It's boring. That may be somewhat on the minister. But what does God have to say to us? Do you come distracted? I tell you, there is nothing more pressing in all the world. Nothing so satisfying as the words of life that is laid before us in the gospel found in this passage. We are to be receptive to the words of life, to invite it into our hearts for consideration. God speaks to us by servants such as this man. You might think, Uh, What does this marriage proposal in Genesis 24, the very beginning of the Bible, have to do with me? Laban came to him, and he invited him into his tent to hear what he had to say. Verse 31, he says, come in, O blessed of the Lord. Why do you stand outside? I have prepared the house. He invites him in. You have a message, uh, servant, we don't know his name, lay it on me. He prepares a meal, but the servant refuses to sit down, but wants to explain what's going on. Laban replies in verse 33, speak on. He has found his audience in eagerness to hear what he has to say. In many ways, this reminds me of another scene at the well. If you go to John 4, uh, Jesus has come to a well uh, in Samaria and there's a Samaritan woman and a woman comes out to draw water and he had an audience to tell her some good news. She asks, "How, how did you come here being a Jew? And Jesus answers and he tells her, I've come with gifts just like the servant. He says, if you knew the gift of God, And who it is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him for living water. And Jesus goes on to tell her that what he has to say to her is the water in which you will never be thirsty again and it will well up to everlasting life. And after talking, she runs and she goes back to, to tell uh, her, town, uh, her town all about this one who has come to the well and, and told her. And it says that many have come out and many have believed. When the gospel finds ears that are receptive and inviting, it begins a transforming work. This transformation that happens in Samaria, the same transformation that haps, happens in, the, in, a, in a church that hears God's Word and responds to it, or in the, the person who hears the Word and it, it transforms, they receive it and say, God, what do you have to say to me? And it transforms them. This is exactly what the servant prayed for. And we pray in the beginning of the service, in the invocation, inviting God, come with all your power, the full power of the Trinity, the the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, come into our presence and transform us. We're ready to receive, Lord. We invite You here. Come and transform us. We are listening and ready. How do you prepare yourself when you open the Bible? Open it. 
in anticipation and readiness to hear what God has to say. The application in this first point is twofold. Be ready as a servant to share the good news in, in the place of the hearer. Be ready to receive it. Say, speak on, Lord God, for I am listening. This then leads us to our second point, an urgency to share the message. I imagine after traveling for so long, uh, the servant desired to finally sit down to a nice home-cooked meal. And he can smell it. It's prepared for him. He says, it's been made ready. And this is what Laban invites him to do with the food steaming hot. The servant holds up short and he says to him, it must have been a little bit awkward, Verse 33, I'm not going to eat. Not until I have said what I want to say. He didn't travel 400 plus miles for a nice meal. He traveled to declare something. And this is the moment that he has desired and been thinking about. And there is an urgency to it before anything can cloud the moment. Before the wine makes him forget. He wants to get something off of his chest. Again, this takes us back to the the same well scene in John 4. Uh, He's having this conversation with this woman. He's telling everything that she's ever done. And she runs back to the village and the crowd comes out to meet this Jesus. And then awkwardly, in the middle of that, the disciples show up and say, Rabbi, stop and eat. All the momentum is moving forward in evangelism and they want him to stop and eat. So Jesus responds, I have food. I have food to eat that you don't know about. And where did Jesus get food is their question. And he says to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish the work. He then directs their eyes to look around. Look at the people that have gathered. Look around and see that the harvest is white. It is ready for the picking. That you should look around and see that which you did not grow. You get to pluck the fruit that is prepared for you. Stop and eat. No. My will. My urgency is I have been sent by the Lord to do this. And I will not waste a moment. You see what burns more in the servant here in our passage than hunger pangs is a desire to share the good news and invitation of the gospel. Why the urgency? Now, Matthew 24 tells us that no one knows the day or the hour. For, it, for as it was in the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. And listen to what he goes on to say. That while the people wanted to stop and eat and keep on in life, the way they were going, time was marching on to when the doors of the ark would be shut. He says this, For in those days, before the flood, they were eating and they were drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. You see, we don't know what the next moment holds, what tomorrow holds, And when the opportune time is before us, we must have an urgency to declare the message that God has us here for that has been entrusted to us. A precious message of the Son. 
This is the posture of the servant before us. No time to sit and make merry, but to do the will of him who sent me. That's his food right now. Speak on, says Laban. What he's about to hear is the gospel. Laban doesn't know it. And you may wonder, how could this be the gospel before Christ Jesus has even come into the world? What we read here is just a repeat of what we already know. We've already heard in this chapter. We've already heard told to Abraham, but he keeps repeating. Why does he keep repeating this blessing over and over again of what God will do? The servant tells Laban and the other hearers a recap. But important for us to remember the substance as it is, is the message of the gospel in the Old Testament. Why? Because it is an explanation of God's redemptive plan and work to save a people out of this world. Yes, urgency, you need to hear it. You do this morning. As much as it connects to the plan of salvation that began all the way back in Genesis 3.15, that a seed would come that would crush the head of the serpent, as much as it connects from that, this redemptive plan to the opening of Matthew, in which we see that Jesus is the seed connected to the very line of Abraham. So the servant tells Laban everything. I'm from Abraham's house. Where God has greatly blessed him, he gave him a seed and a son in his old age from Sarah, who was barren. And with this son goes the promises that he has given Abraham, that I will make you a great nation, and from you all people in the earth will be blessed from generation to generation. And he tells Laban that God is gathering to himself a people to take to the land of promise, a bride here. He tells them that God has gone before him as he looks for a bride to partake in these very promises. And he goes on to say that God has gone before me. He's led me to this very place, to this very encounter. And he revealed to him the bride, Rebecca. God did, and he worshiped and prayed before God this very moment. He tells him, I've come a great distance and in much toil to share with you this hope and these promises. It's evident now why the urgency, why the burning desire to get this off his chest. The gospel carries the urgency because the world perishes without it. Why is this the gospel? Because it has all the markers of the gospel. God's plan and means of salvation. His promises. His son of promise. And a call to go and to believe. In fact, this is what Romans draws out for us when it talks about Abraham and his faith. In Romans 3, it says the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. What the servant has told them is the truth and it is for them to believe. And Romans goes on to say in chapter 4, it tells us that Abraham believed the gospel just like us. Now, how is that possible? His was a faith that looked forward to a Messiah, just as ours is a faith that looked back to a Messiah. Romans 4, 3, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. You see, the promises of God are realized through faith. This is what he's calling Laban to, and Rebekah, and the rest of the family, to believe the promises of God that have been laid before them. 
The gospel is believing in what God had promised and receiving it in faith. We're going to talk about that in more in a moment. Jesus promised that all who come to him will not be turned away. And all who believe in his name will have everlasting life. He is all of the promises that were given to Abraham wrapped up in his personhood. This Christ is the fulfillment of what was promised to Abraham. And now, now is the opportune time. Now is the time for urgency. It's no time to stop and make merry. Now is the time to full court press the gospel into this world, this glorious gospel that we have been given because the harvest is ready and the people out there need to hear it as much as the people needed to hear that the doors of the ark are about to slam shut that the God will pour out His judgment. They need to hear that He is a God that willingly calls us to His mercy. Calls us to His Son. Now is the time to gather the harvest. Uh, we, we approach, like I said, in God's providence and timing. Christianity Explored is starting this next week. Now is the time. Monday, cry out as a church body for God to, to pour out His blessing. Cry out with an urgency. God, would You raise up new believers in our community? God, would You cause those that we have invited to respond and to come and hear? Pray with a fervency. And an expectancy like the servant that the God who goes before him would answer those prayers and invite. If you've waited and waited and wondered and there's been this burning, I know I should ask that person, do it now, full court press, urgency, let them come that they might hear the good news. We have seen that we should be receptive and inviting to the gospel and that there is an urgency to share the message and we will spend Monday in that day of prayer crying out with urgency. Finally, this leads us to our last point, a call to believe and respond. The servant for us has completely outlined the tenets of Christianity Explored, uh, which uh, are identity, mission, and call. Here the servant of God comes bearing a message of the gospel. And he has gone on mission to a faraway land to draw a bride to the promises of God. And now we come to the call to believe. They have heard why He is here, how He's come, and how the Lord has gone before Him and protected Him. And now the servant finally looks at Him after describing everything. This is the, the way God blesses. And this is what He promises. And this is what He's doing. He finally says, now do you believe it or not? Verse 49, He says, now then, if you're going to show steadfast love and faithfulness to my master, tell me. And if not, tell me that I may turn to the right hand or the left. In other words, do you believe the good news I have told you? He isn't going to stay and have fellowship around a table if they aren't receiving in faith the promises God has extended to them. In a moment, we're going to come to a table. And we don't just sit around this table all having different views. We come in common fellowship to sit around this table believing the promises of God, trusting in Christ and Him alone. That fellowship 
that he, 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 he refuses to sit and eat with them. That fellowship is experienced even at our table. It's reserved for those who have received and responded to the promises of God in Christ Jesus. First, we must metaphorically eat what Christ has served us in the gospel. Before we eat the actual bread and drink the wine, I ask you first, like the servant, have you believed the gospel? Do you trust in the promises of God? What God has promised to do through His Son, that He calls you to Himself through this Son, that He forgives you. Yes, you might have shown up this morning burdened, feeling the most wicked person possibly in this room, right? You're, you're overwhelmed by it. Believe the gospel and the promises of God. It is for you. It is a meal to taste, to, to feed on Christ, and know that He has done everything necessary for your salvation. Have you trusted in the finished work of Christ on the cross for your salvation? Are you feeding what God is serving? His word by faith. The servant called them to believe God's word concerning his redemptive plan. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. All who feed on me will never be hungry again and have eternal life. This requires your faith. It's the faith of Abraham, the faith of the servant. And this must be the faith of all who would be called the bride of Christ to be wed to him. To be wed to him is to respond in faith to the call of the gospel. That's what the servants come calling to do. To call a bride. To say, do you believe these things? Rebecca, come with me. Do you believe these things? He is the promised son whom we must be wed to in faith if we want salvation. Billy King sent me a, a helpful outline this week that situates us in what God is revealing. Uh, the outline shows how what God's doing with Abraham is the same thing that Christ does with his church. It goes like this. God promised Abraham a nation, a land, and protection for those who believe in him. And Christ makes the same promises to all who come to him. He promises a nation called the church where a bride and an inheritance in heaven, the land ultimately promised, and protection. I am with you always to the end of the age. Both had the instruction to go to all the families of the earth and make invitation and go and make disciples, calling people to believe the good news. And now we must show steadfast love and faithfulness to God in the call to believe. We can do no more than this. And let that be a relief. We're talking about evangelism as a church. You can do no more than this. You can tell the good news and you can call them to believe but hard stop. The rest is God's work and God's power. The same God that went before this servant. The mission was accomplished in this obedience. The rest is in God's hands. Romans 10 says, how are they going to hear? How are they going to know unless someone goes? It says, how beautiful are the feet of the ones that go and declare the gospel. This much we can do. And man, I long for it and I pray for it. That verse 50, 
that we would get the same reward that the servant got. Laban and Bethuel answered, This thing has come from the Lord. We cannot speak to you bad or good. Behold, Rebekah, take her and go. Let her be wed to Isaac. Isaac, to us, is a type of Christ, and thus Rebekah is a type of the church. She was chosen by sovereign choice, and a great price was paid for her. And a servant came from a far land to secure her, and she was brought into the inheritance that will be eternal. These are but the first steps to the ultimate son who would come from her line, wed to Isaac, and from her, her line would come the Messiah who would be the one who came from afar to pay a great price to purchase a bride. That's good news. That is your news to share if you have believed in Christ. Let us have eager hearts to come, to be receptive to the gospel. We need to hear it over and over again. You do, believer. You need to hear it over and over and over again. And be sure that Satan would have us forget it and never come to it again. There should always be an urgency towards it. For the messenger will turn to the right or the left to find the one who will leave. And there should be an urgency in your pastor's voice, in the parent's desire to teach their children, in the individual to hear it, believe it, and share it. It should be more desired than all else in the world, as Psalm 19 says. More to be desired are his words than gold, even more than much fine gold and sweeter than honey, and the drippings of the honeycomb. Oh, that Israel, the first hearers, would hear it, and never say again, oh, I wish I was back in Egypt. Believer, oh, hear it. Oh, hear it and respond, that you might never say, I wish I had what I used to have, but come, the promised land. Come to Christ. He calls us to believe and respond. Yes, it is a great mission that Christ has us on as his servants. May Christ be magnified in this coming week as we get to share the gospel on Wednesday night. Go and tell of him and go in his strength. Amen. Let's pray.